Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. All right. Zero. Yay! Sorry, that just happened. Every fucking time you have to blow the intro. Uh, I came a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today we have with us uh, a, a guest. Wes Wennerstrom. Um, Wes is a friend of mine from high school, and um, and I asked him to be on today because when the day that Sinead O'Connor died, uh, Wes, you posted a, a, I think it was just a link to a story about the the aftermath of her SNL performance, and I just thought that that was an interesting mm-hmm. topic for us to kind of dive into, not it just is, her, yeah. but like the idea of people speaking for something that like in you know in 2023 seems really fucking common sense that didn't that that was really controversial at the time um yeah totally and 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 i and one of the examples that i brought up with you when we were texting that i don't know that you did much with i was guilty of being an asshole when it happened like um so the but yeah um, and and i've changed my mind on that but uh, my my example that i had mentioned to you was um when Michael Moore got up to give his speech about his Oscar speech for bowling for Columbine. And it was right at the beginning of the Iraq war. And he was pretty critical of the war. I don't remember the details that much, but I remember it being critical of the war and critical of Bush. And you, I mean, Wes, we've, Wes has known me since seventh grade, something like that. So Wes knows the uh, old conservative me, uh, the, the me that I don't deny, but I, I'm ashamed of. Uh, and so when the you who was reborn in Logan. Yeah. So when we <laughs> pass it off to your kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, Logan is uh, he has his low key conservative vibes. Yes. Um, but when when that happened, uh, I remember being kind of a dick and thinking that he was he was a piece of shit for, for doing it. And now I'm like, mm, he was mostly right. I don't remember all the details. So I don't want to say all right. And then. Yeah. But. So yeah, that's the, the all that. sounds like Michael Moore. Yeah, close, yep. not always on the mark, but yeah. Yeah, I mean nobody's always, but yep. only I am. No, <laughs> so. no, that's a general eye. I mean, because everybody by definition thinks they're in the right spot. Anyone to the left of them is too far left. Anyone to the right of you is too far right. If you didn't feel that, you would be further left or right. You know, we all feel like we're in the right spot. Everybody else is too far the other way. As long as you're not competitive about it, I mean, that's just the worst. I mean, trying to go super far right, super far left, you know, it's like, if you're some spot on the spectrum, that's good, but, you know, don't just keep pushing yourself either way. That's annoying. Yeah, just try to think, I just try to think through my, I I try not, and obviously I'm guilty of this, but I try not to have opinions anymore that are just gut reactions, and obviously that's impossible, but you have to just kind of learn how to, like, Take a step back. Take a step. Yeah, take a step back. Don't react in the moment out in public, and then go. What do I think of this? Why do I think that? And is it is it a reasonable thing to think? Yeah, and then go do your homework and build context. Yeah. So let's talk about Sinead O'Connor first, because I, I think that uh, obviously with her passing two weeks ago, something like that, um, it's she's the 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 one that that kind of is the best example i think um if nothing compares to her there's gonna be a lot of puns Wes. i don't know if you've been, if you've been listening since matthew has been my co-host but oh, okay i just gotta warm up i'll get some out at the end of the episode yeah um so for for listeners if you if for some reason you don't know what the sinead o'connor controversy on snl is it was and i want to say 1992 but i could be wrong a night somewhere around there you're, 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 it was two yeah, um, she she was the musical performer on Saturday Night Live, and um, she had told the um, told the producers she was going to rip up or she was going to hold up a picture of somebody else, um, and then in the moment on on live TV held up a picture of Pope John Paul II and ripped it in half, mm-hmm. um, and that was in protest very very slowly and dramatically. It was very well done. Yeah, and that was in protest of uh, the child abuse. That, that she felt was going that going on and and I will be completely honest with you 
I don't know. I don't, I don't remember because I'm not old enough. I don't remember how much we, the general public, knew about child abuse going on. Wes and I graduated in 2003 in Boston, so we're very aware of the Boston's yeah. of, of like of that that crisis. Spotlight. Yeah, the spotlight crisis and like how that, that that was all going on our senior year of high school, and we were in the archdiocese of Boston. Yeah, when that was happening, mm-hmm. it, I'm old, Wes. So I. I like I was engaged when that SNL episode. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. He's he's a uh, he's. I was eight when that happened. Uh, yeah. Uh, would yeah, I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it on the, a lot of like VH1 reruns. It'd, you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Mark McGrath like opining about it. It's like, yeah. Was interesting. But, you know, was, that's that's uh, what Andrew we had. Dice so, Clay was yeah. the Andrew Dice Clay was the guest the following week, and you know, while he's a Jew from Brooklyn, he plays an Italian character. No, it was Joe was Pesci. Um, so he, Joe Pesci, yeah. According to the, oh, maybe he was a, yeah. And Joe Pesci said if he, he held up a, Joe Pesci said if he had been, well, well, been well, there, he would have punched her in the face. Yeah, he and said that he would have given her well, a when, smack. When Dice, and then he, when oh, Dice yeah. was on, which was it, he was. Yeah, if it wasn't the week then, it was the week after. Dice held up the picture taped back together. That's what. No, no, it was Joe Pesci who did that. Yeah. I'm misremembering my Joe Pesci. <laughs> it's easy to confuse the two. Yeah, I, I, I listened mean, to a few podcasts Dice is about much these, a parody of a Pesci. and I went and I listened to Sinead O'Connor, and man, she was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just on a jog, and I was like, oh, I was listening to some Sinead O'Connor. I was, like, almost in tears by the end of the first song. Like, yeah, yeah there's some very, very powerful emotional stuff. And a lot of people don't know the picture that she tore up of the Pope used to sit above her mother's mantelpiece uh, oh. when she grew up. So it was, like, really, really personal to her. So I don't know if she like planned this or if she like just decided I'm gonna make this happen. Day Brought it with her, you know yeah. what it was. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, obviously it was a, something that was very personal to her. Grew up in Ireland. Um, you know, they have a very strong history of colonialism and abuse by the Catholic Church over there. You know, so um, you know, it just might be something that her culture and just she was more aware of than a lot of the American public was at the time. You know, yeah. I think it was, it just seemed like really left field to most people watching that, like, you know, to rip up a picture of the Pope was like the same thing as like, I don't know, like lighting a baby on fire or something like that. You know, it's just, it was just, yeah. I mean, the big anti-Pope sentiment at the time and in the years leading up to that was probably more around uh, the anti-gay stance of the church. Like that was the thing, like when there were like St. Patrick's Day parades and Cardinal, uh, I think it was Cardinal in New York at the time was marching. There will be protests against him all the time yeah. for his homophobic stance. Gotcha. I I kind of think, given even given the the time period, if if she had done that ten or I, let's say let's say she did that in two thousand four, because I think Pope John Paul was still pre, uh, president, was still Pope in <laughs> in two thousand four, and this is after the the uh, the spotlight scandal and everything else. There would still be a shitload of people pissed off about that. Regardless of like how much evidence and that, so to me, it 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 it's not even that she was at the wrong time, although she was at the wrong time as well. But like, just the bold statement of like, this man is is a party to this problem. That wouldn't. I don't think you get a little less of it now because Pope Francis is politicized. Um, you know, because he's pro climate. He thinks climate change is real, so like he's a lefty pope that like republican catholics don't love <laughs> no, i'm being sorry i'm not being sorry, serious but there's there is he's more politicized within catholic circles than either of the you know than the nazi pope before him or the pope you know pope john paul who i i, I will say i always thought pope john paul was a, a good guy until even at, even when i didn't necessarily believe in the faith up until pretty maybe the last decade I thought he was a, a good a good guy. Now you know, obviously, he's it's his legacy has been marred quite a bit by facts. But I mean, it's it's hard to. I don't know. I mean, I I grew up with you. You know, I was surrounded by Catholics, and I, I wasn't necessarily one. My parents were not Catholic. Uh, my my dad grew up Catholic, and uh, his grandparents were like deacons, and they had the whole like uh, thing with the you know, with a candle burning, like, somewhere in the house in, like, a little enclosure. I, I don't know what that was about, but, you know, I, mean, I think they would have, you know, I, I don't know what their reaction to, to it was, but 
I just remember, you know, as I got older, I just was looking at the Catholic church and I was like, you know, they're responsible for so much carnage and like, you know, it doesn't matter who's at the top, you know, they got to, I don't know. It's like, yeah. how, it's like putting a, I don't know, a ribbon on a piece of like a, like a bucket of shit, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I should have researched this yeah. more, but I think Sinead O'Connor even interview said that like, it wasn't him as much as it was the Pope, regardless of which Pope it was. Yeah. That the office she was commenting as much as anything else. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the problem didn't start with him. It, it, it goes back. I mean, now we have the whole Canadian thing with the mass graves of yeah. uh, Native builders. That goes back forever. Yeah. And, and it's, that's, yeah, like, the mass graves is a, di- is a different yeah, church scandal. The, 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 um, but I'm just, the, 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 the yeah, corruption the church, in general yeah. is just part of yeah. the What I was going to say is, there, you know, we tend to focus on molestation, but there's so many other problems. Um, oh, yeah. did, you ever, did either of you see Philomena? I think it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's a true story, and it's it's about a woman may may have been Irish. I forget. It's been ten years since I've seen it. Uh, I think it's Judy Dench is plays Philomena, and she's a woman who she got pregnant in like the her late teens or early twenties and was unwed, and so um, in the hospital in a like the, you know one of the and this is in the forties or or so. Um, they, they, she went to one of these convents where they would let women give birth, and you know, and treat them, you know, take care of them while they were pregnant and let them give birth. And when she gave birth, they told her the baby was dead, and then they sold the baby to like a couple. And they were doing that in, they were doing that a lot. Like, and I don't know numbers, but that was another big thing that was coming out. And and from what I remember of the movie, she was she was she was searching for like the the story came out about that and and these women were finding out that their children were still alive, which they didn't know, um, in the eighties because I remember the guy worked for Re- her son when they found out he had worked for Reagan, um, and he was gay and he had died of AIDS. There's so many problems. Like there's so just it was just the worst string of luck for this story, and it was all true. But um, the Reagan and AIDS probably didn't have that much to do with the Catholic Church, but the church really like they took this this boy from from his mother, um, and I don't remember if he ever knew that he had been adopted. It was just like this super fucked up story. But hmm. that would have been come that whole scandal would have been coming out, and that could have been Ireland as well. So Sinead O'Connor might have been w- aware of all of that. Or I would imagine she was as aware as the any other average person was, and probably more than average because she was not. Yeah, yeah, and she was a person, uh, you know, who had a lot of mental health struggles and had been abused, and you know, probably had some form of complex um, post-traumatic stress disorder or something like that. You know, so this is a person who's just really, really a raw, raw person. You know, and uh, yeah, you know. I think her personality was not necessarily like a really like easy one, you know, and that's, that's part and parcel of having that kind of diagnosis and that kind of life, you know? And to this day, she still says like, I don't give a shit that I tanked my career. All that I did was, you know, not like buy some yachts and some vacation houses for some executives. Like, yeah. Like I still make music and I still enjoy myself and, you know? Yeah. Yes. He didn't become a musician to be famous. He didn't become a musician to express herself, and she was still able to do that. Yeah. But I mean, she, I mean, just being a woman, I think she, whereas a lot of men would have been able to bounce back from something like that, I don't think she, she was given that chance, you know? Yeah. And that actually, that kind of sticks with the other one that you and I had talked about, um, with, 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 was, which was Sat, Sachin, or is it Sachin or Sachin? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know how it's pronounced. I know it's uh, Sashin Little Feather. We could just go with Sashin, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Sashin Little Feather, who was um, when God when Marlon Brando won the Best Actor Oscar for The Godfather, um, he sent her to receive his Oscar for him and uh, to to inform the Hollywood and whoever was watching of the industry and um, and you know, the Hollywood problems with the Native American community and uh, the American problems with the Native American community. 
and she was giving it she was um she was booed while she was giving us the speech apparently john wayne had to be like restrained yeah. um, he wanted to fight yeah him. which like it doesn't surprise me i know people love that dude but like but apparently like, john wayne had done like this interview with playboy that was like not too too far before that where he was just a total racist piece of garbage you yeah. know just like pretty much like on the nose white supremacy the whole time so oh yeah it's pretty i timely. heard one of the quotes I heard is one of the few quotes I've heard from him outside of a movie was him saying, uh, and it was something about black people. I'm sure he said the blacks or some, you know, some, something ridiculous like that. Um, but something along the lines of they, they're not going to get, they're not going to get treated as equal until they act as equal. And I was, uh, I was just like, what a disgusting, like, I don't know. I, I don't, it's tough because, we talked about the Matthew and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like sometimes on the left or on both sides, we just try to like, anytime we disagree with somebody, we, we shit on the quality of their product, but like John Wayne wasn't a good actor. <laughs> so it's like tough. No, like he was like a failed actor. Yeah. Have you, have you guys yeah. seen him as a young man? No. Oh, you got to see this. Ready? Look at what a pretty boy he was. Oh yeah, he was a surfer. So, he was from yeah, California. He, yeah, and he totally tried to make a career, and he just he was getting cast in B stuff. He basically had no career until he just got into this whole um, cowboy, you know, rigid cowboy thing. So yeah, I mean that's been a it's been a a winning uh, combo for conservatives who can't make it in Hollywood for a long time to just like play into the like tough boy conservative uh, thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So his one here, his actual quote. Sure, go for it. Without doing an impersonation, I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to assume the responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. Goddamn. Oh, oh bro. Does it say that's when that quote that's was? The, um, it is the Playboy quote, nineteen seventy. Okay, so that's not like nineteen twenty-five or something ridiculous. Right. No, it's when yeah. affirmative action was happening. Yeah. And, no, 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 no. And you know, the Voting Rights Act had been around for seven years. Yeah, it's when they were getting up. Yeah. It. The reason the reason I asked is because you you can imagine somebody being like, "Well, that was early in his career," and blah, blah, blah. but seventy one, he only lived for like five, yeah. six, seven, seven more years, something like that. Man, it's like a bigger controversy that the guy was like allowed to be at the Oscars. You know, I mean, it would yeah. be now. You know, back yeah. then, I guess they. That was a legitimate thing to talk about, rock. I guess, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's kind of, it reminds me of, you guys have, are, have seen Hamilton or are familiar with Hamilton? Finally saw it recently. I have a yeah. 20-year-old daughter. Yeah. It's funny to me, whenever I watch or listen to Hamilton, like, that Thomas Jefferson is such such an asshole when it comes to, you had an affair on, on your wife, and it's like, dude, you have a 12-year-old slave that you're raping. Like and and like because because Sally Hemings was twelve years old when he started his his relationship with her and so like this isn't like you know we like to rewrite the history so it's like they they had a loving affair like a loving relationship but she was twelve and he was an adult and like so there there's literally no way in which that's that's okay by today's standards and I would say that it's hard to imagine that it was really understandable by that that day's standards but. It was the Jeffrey Epstein oh. of the 1800s. Yeah. It was understandable that she wasn't like a person. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, pretty, pretty gross. I mean, uh, you know, um, just thinking out loud, I mean, I know the Oscars recently were saying like, you know, we're not going to consider movies without these diversity standards. You know, do you think there's any like lineage from that incident to present day Oscars? Hmm. Probably not directly. Um, I think that I bet it was brought up in conversations when they were yeah. doing that. But yeah, it's, but it's one of a hundred incidents. Yeah, and I think that like a, a huge part, and, and it, it's it's tough when you look at the Oscars because the Oscars are trying to be an award ceremony for an industry, and so we think of them kind of shaping the industry and that is partly how they're used because if you are 
if 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 so, if you're given a performance and and your studio um, decides that they want to back you for the Oscar, they know that that's going to help you sell more, and that not only will like you as the actor sell more, the movie will sell more, but then you will get better gigs and you'll be more bankable of a star. So they do use it to to. It's one of those weird like the tail wags the dog and the dog wags the tail simultaneously situations, but we kind of think of it as. Well, this is just a reflection of, and and that was part of why when they started talking about Oscars so white and and trying to make these diversity and inclusion standards, the point was this is how we can kind of push back on the fact that like there, a big reason why there aren't that many black people getting nominated or there aren't many gay people or trans people is because they're not being given parts as much, as often, and and you get what you reward. Yeah. So if you reward the same old movies every time, the studio's going to make the same old movies. Yeah, and so they're saying, okay, yep. like by, by doing this, they're, like, they're saying, you've got to give us more diversity in order for us to reward more diversity. And, 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 and I think also, like, they're saying, hey, this will also maybe force us to look at, you know, I know that Moonlight won with, I think, prior to a lot of those diversity and inclusion things, but, like, the Oscars doesn't have a great history of recognizing um, diversity, even when it is artistically merited. Like, look at Spike Lee, do the right thing. Do the right thing, yeah. Did, didn't even get nominated. And, like, to, it's a great it, movie. It's an absolutely amazing movie. And I would, I would argue, and, and, and again, uh, coming at this as something. Except, why did Danny Aiello say Pizzeria? I, I grew up in New York City. I never heard anyone say Pizzeria my pizzeria. entire life. Every time he says my pizzeria, I was like, what the hell are you saying? And he's from most, he's an most actual pe- New York Italian, too. That's really weird. I mean, at most pizzeria owners, you know, I've been around a lot because my best friend's parents owned a pizzeria and like they hung out with the other owners in Brooklyn. It's a very community thing. Yeah. They always say the store. Like they don't even refer to it as a pizzeria. They call oh, it their yeah. store. We're going to the store. Yeah. But they don't even specify that. Okay. I'm just given and that's why that's why it didn't yeah, win. Okay. That's why it didn't get nominated. Because <laughs> yeah. of Dan Hayello and a stupid Actually he got nominated. He's the only thing that got nominated from that movie. Was he? Really? I'm, I'm 90% yeah. sure he got nominated. It could have been like a costuming or something, but of the big was categories, that, the only thing that got nominated was him. Is that well did speaking do, of did he do Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis? Is that I I don't know. I've heard of Hudson been, Hawk, but I don't know enough about him. They may have been making up for that because that was the most amazing performance ever in terms of having I'm looking it up right now. It would be so much funnier if you knew how bad that movie was. Yeah. Well, so speaking of inauthenticity, so there's also a lot of controversy because apparently Sushin Littlefeather uh, is not Native American. So I, the, the more I've looked into that, that's her, not her real name. Uh-huh. And and there may be some it may be one of these deals where, you know, they the the people who do want to discredit her say that about her, um, or maybe she's fifty percent. But I I remember seeing something about it where it seemed as if she was and and she just wasn't as you know she played it up. She wouldn't have normally gone dressed there, but it was it was part. Of, but he or or maybe Marlon Brando was under the impression that she was. He was. They were trying to do the right thing. Totally. And, yeah. 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 But. Well, from the research I did, it seems like the majority of evidence says that either there's no way to connect her with these tribes in because she she's Mexican. So there mm-hmm. were some tribes in Mexico that maybe she could be connected with, but yeah. she wasn't culturally raised Native American, and that's that's okay. not the biggest deal, right? You know, but it does. And by 1974. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say by 1974 standards that, but today we would be like, we want somebody authentic to play. But by that standards, the fact that she just wasn't white was a, was a start, you know, like, yeah, well, it's, it's still, you know, with the Yellowstone actress, um, that, you know, her authenticity is questioned. I don't know. I mean, there's still a, a, a real representation issue of actual native Americans, you know, being cast in Hollywood roles. Yeah. Um, but what it's going to say is that, it kind of went to the strangeness of the this whole thing that happened, right? Because it's it's not like Sinead where she got up and she had this powerful statement. It was coming from the heart. This was like a really odd, sort of convoluted way of putting this message out. So like it's not Brando. He doesn't accept the award. He has this other person go in. She gets a lot of flack for doing it. Um, 
you know, it was just like, it took a while for people to parse out exactly what happened. Like, mm-hmm. why did yeah. he do it this way? You know, couldn't he have gone, gone and done this himself? You know, could he, be, yeah. could he have done more homework? Like, how involved is this guy really in the AIM movement? Or is this, like, kind of performance art to piss off the music industry? Or, sorry, the, the film industry. Um, well, so I think I he know. loved pissing yeah. people off. So that's a fair statement. But yeah. I know that I saw a... I'm totally spacing on Matthew, you'll know the guy's name. Um, he was the best talk show... Like, the best interviewer of the 70s and 80s. Um, Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett, yeah. He he had he was on Marlon Brando was on that show um, alongside three or four um, Native uh, American leaders, and it was to do it wasn't it, I think it was to do with land rights at that point, and he brought them on with him because he knew that they couldn't get onto a show without him because they didn't have it they weren't celebrities that didn't happen so he yeah he did that he was he was a supporter uh, he was um at some level and i don't remember exactly but he was a big uh mlk um supporter and and there was some speculation that that he he helped uh get coverage on some some of the civil rights movement so he really did he did do a lot um that isn't doesn't mean that the average person was aware of that at the time sure um and so it could have seemed going on the Oscars could seem performative if you're not that aware of it. And, and, and not to mention like there, there is an extent to which it could have been also performative. Like he could have been authentic, but he could have said, Hey, we can make a bigger splash doing it this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's that element of like, you know, they're doing this, but it's like a stunt, right? It's like kind of a piece of almost like almost performance art. Not, it's not art, yeah. but you know, it's like, it does have that, like, makes you think, I mean, like, why, think, why did they do it that way, you know? I think she did it real respectfully in a way, too. Because, I mean, what she did was she came up and said, there's a big speech, but I'm not going to give it now. Yeah. I'll give it to the press later. Here's what the topic is, how we're treated, and what's the, the protest recently everyone just made. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get the full statement to the press. Like, she didn't grandstand, make a speech, have to be dragged off. She just said, I'm going, this is going to give me the opportunity to stand in front of the press and give a speech. Yeah. Okay. Have six people restrained from him. Like in his sixties, John Wayne too. Like not like a young man. Like the fact that they they make it sound like he was such a like tough guy, but he was an old man that was just like yelling. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And then Clint Eastwood got up afterwards, and he fucking country name, Matthew. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood gets up and he goes, "Should I accept this award or something on behalf of all the cowboys who died in?" you know shooting movies or whatever yeah just totally tasteless yeah. comment you know that people thought was hilarious. they were the bad guys yeah Tucker, that's still the time people didn't want to admit that yeah the people who came to the other people's land they were the bad guys in the fight it's pretty much you know it, that's that's how that works yeah well that was the whole I, thing is yeah they were they were portrayed as people that were the aggressors and they weren't you know yeah i think clint eastwood is uh, significantly more talented than John Wayne, but not significantly better. Um, I mean, better because I don't know that that he has come out and said that white supremacy is a good thing. But like, that's not that's not that much. <laughs> that's that's such a low bar. So he didn't did say it out loud. Uh, did you watch the Mule? Yes, I like that. That was like I did. I felt like that was him, like kind of being like, "Hey, look." Like, you know, I can, I can really do something where I can like use this platform, kind of make an apology for what I've done in the past and like portray, you know, yeah. uh, people that are not white as like being just fine. Like, you know, Latinos is being like really respectful of elders, like um, African-Americans, like he does the, there's like one point where he makes like a, a microaggression toward one and they're just like, oh, hey, we don't like to be called you people. And he goes, oh, okay. You know, and then he just like, yeah instead of having a bellyache or a, a fills his diaper, he just does it, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. There was I, that. I hate I, to associate re- Republicanism with racism, but I do. And I think he like, formally left the Republican Party in the mid-2000s and became like more of a libertarian. Yeah. Where he gave up the racism he, stuff. I, I think that he... I liked that movie a lot, too. And I, I think that he is not as nearly as problematic as he used to be. 
Um, but I'll, you know, and that's a good growing is a good thing. We need to encourage people to grow, and we need to not chastise them too harshly for the things of the past because that will discourage growth. Would but uh, and I yeah. so I think he's a great example. Um, I, I liked that movie a lot too. I didn't love the ending. I thought the ending was a bit fell a bit flat, but otherwise I, I liked that movie a lot. Um, all right, so we've got a uh, so. Any other ones that you want to... That What was the one that you brought up before, Matthew? The Chicks. Oh, yeah. Dixie Chicks, chicks. yeah. Yeah, they said... they. I think they were in England, maybe, in a concert, and they said, we apologize that we're from the, George Bush is from Texas, yeah. and every Republican-owned country music station, which means every country music station, instantly stopped playing all their records. Amazing. They, they are the original culture war cancellation... Yeah. It's so interesting yeah. that they project that onto liberals because they have just been doing that forever, you know. And yeah. Dixie Chicks was a huge one, you know. I think that they, yeah, you're right that like they have been doing that forever, and they cancel everybody for everything. That, McCarthy, that go back to you know blackballing yeah. people, McCarthy, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, with the the chicks, the 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 one thing that I think is different from them to Sinead O'Connor or Sashin Littlefeather is. There, there was a there was a backlash, but it did not ruin their career. And I don't know that it ruined, you know, the the quote that you had, Wes, about um, Sinead O'Connor being like, it didn't really, I didn't tank my career. That's a great outlook for her to have, but realistically, it did have major it, impl- implications. Yeah. It, it, it ended her U.S. Career. Yeah, like she didn't tour the U.S. Yeah. And- yeah, superstar that she was on the way. And I don't she stayed a European. Yeah. Star. And I don't know what career Sashin Littlefeather would have had regardless. So maybe but but the Dixie Chicks, like and, and now the Chicks, which I also am proud that they that they got rid of that and would, like did the right thing there. But um the the Chicks, they 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 had that one of my favorite I mean, I love their first album I loved, but that album that came out right after that, there's that uh not ready to make nice not ready to back down song it's one of my top five chick songs of all time and that's just it's it's directly in response to the fact that they were getting like death threats and um it's it's a great song and they you know they're touring it's been it's been 20 years or so since that since they did that because it was 2003 or four and you know they're doing as far as i can tell they're doing pretty well compared to every you know every other country act from from the time that time period so mm-hmm. i like i love the fact that they 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 didn't really they didn't tank their career they they had backlash and that and and sometimes backlash ends up propping your career up more um but it doesn't t- i don't know i, I mean it depends about you by tank but the trajectory they were on was to be yeah. like the biggest band in country music and then they became a band that some people know their name. And it wasn't until they came back as the Chicks recently that they had another big flash where you heard of them. Yeah, I, did, I did, was not aware of the Chicks. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They went from being the number one female band at the time or close to it, it or whatever, to not being heard of because they didn't get played on the radio. Yeah. yeah, but it seemed like Brando, I think Brando did have some issues bouncing back from that, but then went on to do other great stuff. Um yeah, he was brand He also though, had so the controversy had, like, about the uh, last tango in Paris, but I mean, mm-hmm. he did go on to do Apocalypse Now and some other movies. And you know. he, but Brando's controversy predated that that stunt as well, though, because they couldn't. It was very difficult to get Brando the part in The Godfather because he was such a notorious pain in the ass. Yeah, like the studio didn't want to back him. Right, and ultimately they were like, if you're gonna go for Brando and you're gonna push for Brando. You, you need to make some other concessions to they were saying this to francis ford coppola and he was like i just think that this is the man for the job and so like his other his i really don't think his backlash probably had that much to do with this with the publicity from that as much as it did like yeah you just got an oscar but they didn't want to give you the part because you're paying the ass and what did you do with the oscars you were a pain in the ass <laughs> like you know and so <laughs> And and from you know Apocalypse Now, amazing performance. It sounds like one of the most difficult people to work with ever. When you hear how he behaved on that set, like 
and you know i mean he's i i I still to this day think he's the best actor of all time but he was notoriously difficult you think he's you think he's better than andy dick (laughs) (laughs) i was like who is he about to say and i and i was like because i can't think of an actor bad enough but yeah andy dick will do it tom green uh Who's the guy that the plays second. the same person in every movie? The Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is a pretty good actor. He does kind of just do the same thing over and over. I don't know. Unpopular opinion, I guess. I, I don't know. He was yeah, Hannibal, he, he so I guess magic. that's pretty different. Yeah. But it's mostly just a wise old sage. I don't know. Yeah. Well, now that he's old, I remember when he was young. He was like a young old when sage. I was a, you know? Like an ad- when I was an adolescent, he played a ventriloquist in a movie called Magic where he goes crazy and he's killing the woman he loves but thinks the dummy is making him do it. I didn't sleep for a long time. Oh, yeah. I gotta see that <laughs> one. It was intense. I, I love Sean... Magic is... Fun. I love Sean Connery, yeah. but Sean Connery is kind of the same deal where it's like he... It, it was more so with his ethnicity. He would be... He'd be a Russian with a Scottish accent, or he'd be <laughs> a Spanish person with a Scottish accent. Because didn't he play a Spanish person in Highlander? Like no, actually, he was Egyptian because he was like two thousand yeah, years old. He most Scottish recently people? came from the court of Spain. Yeah, he did. So he never called he, him he, Spaniard the whole time. He yeah. was Egyptian. He never did what? any accent other than his own accent. So he'd be like, he was a Russian in one of the um, Tom Clancy ones, and oh, we're gonna. Have All to right, come. comrade, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. same same with uh, Anthony Hopkins, right? I mean, doesn't he just do the British accent every time? Yeah, but he doesn't play like he doesn't like go play characters that aren't British typically. Yeah. Um. So like like that's the thing is like he he's got that leading man thing of like this is who I am like this the persona, gotcha. and he'll and he'll inflect slightly, but he doesn't do the transformation thing that like a a Brando or a De Niro does. Um. Whereas whereas Sean Connery did the same thing, but he would take on these roles that were very specifically other ethnicities due to their like just the nature of them and he'd just be like i'm just gonna do it commander of a russian submarine yeah yeah i hire a bunch of scottish people to be around me so i don't look out of place yeah (laughs) but and he turned down gandalf because the script didn't make any sense to him yeah oh okay (laughs) have you not heard of books did you never hear this book it's kind of famous yeah um it's gonna be gandalf really it was in the running. Uh, Denzel Washington, speaking, going back to the Oscars for a second, Denzel Washington has a great story about how it was either the first or second time he was nominated for Supporting Actor. I think it was for Cry Freedom or Glory. I forget which one. And no, it wasn't Cry Freedom because he won for Glory. Um, he was up against Sean Connery and he won- he brought his mother with him. And it was up against Sean Connery and the Untouchables. And Sean Connery came out to present earlier in the night, and he got like a complete standing ovation just for coming out on stage. And Denzel yeah. said to his mother, I think we should go home. I'm not going to win. And he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Denzel seems like such a cool dude. Like, I don't know. I would love to love to pick his brain. But anyway, uh what were we saying? Um, oh, the chicks. You're the saying chicks. how um, Sean Connery played an American federal agent in the Untouchables with a Scottish accent. To be fair, Kevin Costner is Kevin Costner is the same person in everything except for really one is. line of Robin Hood. One line of Robin Hood, he tries a British accent, and then he's like, "Fuck this, I can't do this." And then he's back <clears> to <throat> Kevin Costner. Did Have you, you ever seen the Mel Brooks version? I haven't. That's Kevin Costner just being Kevin Costner. Yeah. Just, it really is no it's Kevin Costner as a, as a mailman in the future. Kevin Costner is a mermaid in the future. Kevin Costner is a baseball player in Iowa. Yeah. But you see um, Mel Brooks, Robin Hood, Men in Tights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Unlike line where other he, Robin Hoods, I can speak with a British accent. That is the best. Yeah. Doesn't so some very controversial person like produce that or something like that? It's like someone in the Trump administration or... It could have been Steve Bannon because he was a producer on Seinfeld. Yeah, it almost it, actually. There's a lot of people that were in the Trump administration that had weird Hollywood connections. So there was Steve Bannon. I think that the guy that was the was he the Treasury Secretary? He's a tall, skinny guy. I can't think of his name. 
Steven, they're both Stevens, I think. Mnuchin. Yeah, Steve Mnuchin. Um, he he had some Hollywood thing too. I think it might have been Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, yeah. There's a. It's gonna be real. It's gonna be real weird in uh, twenty thirty years when we're looking back. I mean, it is it is weird for us, but it'll be like real weird to try to explain to like kids oh yeah this guy was on a reality show and like he was kind of a joke like people people liked him the way you know they like oprah or sally's uh what's her face from the like he was like a telemarketer basically (laughs) sally jesse Raphael. yeah no i was thinking of the one that did the thigh master from company Suzanne Summers, yeah, 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 and like you know, he was like he was just hawking shit on TV, which I know that that's not what The Apprentice is, but basically that is what The Apprentice is, and uh, yeah, and 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 then we were like, you know what, uh, there was a black guy as president that cannot be that cannot be uh, remedied without going hardcore, so let's go pick this orange dude, and <laughs> it's it's such a bizarre thing. It's bizarre. Well, you know the yeah, whole story behind the uh, most famous Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. Yeah, Zelensky was a uh, was a comedian. He he did yeah. he was on a he was a comedic actor on like a sitcom yeah, that play, was, played yeah yeah uh, well okay so the sitcom he is a school teacher who has a viral video that about like the government or something complaining about how you know they don't support us whatever and then he mistakenly becomes president. And then the guy actually, the actor ran for president and became president. You know, yeah. a lot of this shit is just stranger than fiction, you know? It's like. Yeah, it is really bizarre. But I would rather Zelensky as president than Trump. Um, yeah. I mean, I know there's some issues with him, too, from what I've heard, but although I don't even know that I've heard that from good sources. Um, but, like, the fact that he, he st- stayed with the people during everything and didn't flee when he could have yeah. is. It, Trump would never do that. Like, no, he he he'd send you in. He'd be happy to send you in to die. <laughs> but well, he would just stick up for Putin. So it's like you know he wouldn't send anybody yeah. in. True. So. Isn't it insane that the right is actually on Russia's side just because he was a puppet of Putin? It's like you guys have hated Russia since you were born. All of a sudden, they're your best friends. So Wes, uh, one thing I wanted to say, um, I don't know if you've, I'm going to take my headphones off for a second, but I have not gotten a haircut since the last time I saw you when I got the mullet. Oh yeah, the mullet. Oh yeah, it looks good. This Mike. is the longest my hair has ever been in my life. I think it looks good. All right. I, I, I couldn't hear you because I have my headphones off. I think it what looks good. He asked, yeah. you, he asked you if you were changing your name to Mikey Ray Cyrus. <laughs> Such a weird, uh, that's such a weird name. I think you need Mike. to buy a Fender Jazzmaster and just yeah, go for it, man. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I was thinking about. Uh, I had a I had a stressful day at work today, and I was like, "Fuck it!" And I was like, "Ready to be done." And I was like, "Half of my coworkers have never seen me without facial hair, and now I have the long hair." And I'm like, "What if I just shaved completely?" And like kept the long hair, they would be like, "What the fuck is he wrong with you?" I would look so nice. weird. <laughs> thinking about it we'll see it's always fun to I, do. Do. I, had like a I can regrow sides, this i can regrow time. in like three weeks so like this isn't yes. that much work i had a dad stash during the yeah. pandemic but it backfired because everyone was like that looks so good dude yeah that's like your look now and i was like oh uh okay uh, i don't want it you know so. yeah me and my coworkers used to do uh movember every year we days oh. on november 1st and then grow mustache and there's this one guy i started a project with like on november 17th or 18th whatever we both had mustaches and December 1st we both shaved and we both were like oh you don't normally have a mustache I just assumed you always do you look good with it like neither one of us knew the other person was doing November nice anyway I gotta go so, and- Mike I think you should make a number four guard and shave your head like up into your your part uh, lines and just leave the top totally like, oh, yeah. block of eagles yeah or flag of seagulls block your eyes okay well yeah. I got I gotta run so do you guys want to like just wrap up the topic or do a sure yeah yeah Sorry, we get off topic a lot. Um, but um, yeah, so is there any last thoughts that either of you have or any other last examples you want to say real quick? Or 
I just think that these things are really interesting to go look at uh, in like giving a lot of context and um, kind of like seeing where we've come as a country and like where our discourse yeah. has evolved to. Because I mean, th- these things are still going to happen. You know, there's yeah. still going to be some threshold and some just like extra surprising venue that these things happen in. And you know, uh, like I know it's totally different, but the Will Smith slap was really shocking. And yeah. you know, um, yeah. and they they ignite a lot of discourse. And I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. It's yeah, just... I I think uh, sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I think that when when it comes to things like this, where it's something that someone has. Obviously, none of these, these were all to some extent premeditated. These were not spur of the moment thoughts that people, that these, these folks had. Um, when someone puts that much care and thought into it to, to making a message, we owe it not only to them, but to ourselves to at least give it thought beyond our immediate visceral reaction. Um, not to say that, like, people three days after either of these events would have handled it properly, but handling it in the moment, like the John Wayne or, you know, those kind of people, you're, you're not going to have, you've got the mob mentality issue, which I think is a problem. You have the fact that like someone's challenging what you just assumed to be, you know, this is a good thing. And so I, I, what, like the, the church gives money to homeless people. So how can it be a bad thing? You know, like, and there is that inherent defensiveness and, and we're all probably guilty in some way of being able to do this. Uh, I know that I am. Um, and so, but I think, like I said earlier that we need to give, we need to give that mo that, that moments. We, we shouldn't be reacting in the moment um, as best as we can. And we should be trying to think like, Hey, this is this, Maybe isn't the way I would have done it, but is this is does the point stand? Does the point make sense? Am I defensive for a reason that yeah. is a good reason, or am I defensive because you know? Um, I watched. Sorry to go off topic for one. This will be real quick. I watched a, a video. I, I, there's a, a trans woman that I watch a lot of her videos. She talked all about trans representation in media. Um, her name is Lily Simpson on YouTube, um, and she did a video about Ace Ventura, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. And I like knew going in, I'm like, I'm not, not I do not, up well. I, I, I know that she's, you know, some of what she's going to say, but I want the, the full perspective. Cause she does like full 45 minute breakdowns. This isn't like three minutes of like quick, quick, you know, things. And I, and I, it was difficult for me to challenge the fact that I love this movie and why am I defensive of this movie? And what does it say about me if the movie's transphobic and I love the movie? What does it say about me? And that is a difficult thing. And I don't know that I, I, I think that if I watched the movie right now, I would still find a lot of it funny. Like, so I, I didn't change my outlook on it, but I didn't think for one minute that what she was saying was, was ridiculous. Um, I just, it, it, but a year, two, three years ago, I would not have been able to do that. And so I think that's what we need to start going to do is say, hey, what does it say about me? Why, why am I upset about this? And is that a good reason? And and it's okay to be upset with something in the moment, depending on how you behave about it. So upset isn't the problem always, but like sometimes once you're up, once that wanes, you have to then say, okay, do I continue to be upset as this goes forward? Do I continue to oppose this, or do I say? Yeah, no, I was I was wrong, or this there is an injustice here, or there is a problem here. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my good. final thought. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? You got anything? Yeah, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of "I Want Your Hands on the Big Stuff." <laughs> okay, we'll clip that into the end because I didn't mean like I was I was going to no. give Wes a chance to plug anything no. that he might want to plug. I just want to do my joke. Yeah, every episode he talk he does a big a big stuff pun so. Another Sinead gotcha. song. Oh, yeah. So, Wes, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, just in the in terms of the theme of the episode, um, check out, uh, uh, I think it's MMIW. I don't know if that's MMIW.com, but it's Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. Okay. Um, and it's an I will find out and I will link it. Okay, great. In, in our show notes um, and whenever I, when I post it on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. MMIW, I'll, I'll find that out. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a really endemic problem where um, women, especially indigenous women, especially by like um, like military towns and stuff like that, just disappear and are murdered and abused at a much much higher rate, like you know, double triple that, you know, white women. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, people have just really, you know, done a lot of research on this. In, um, you know, indigenous groups have have raised the issue a lot, and it's really starting to see the light of day. You know, and this is kind of like you know what was what we should have been doing with the Catholic church, you know, abuse scandal. Um, so, you know, yeah. who knows, maybe this is going to surface in a, in a way in like an awards ceremony or something like that. But, you know, that's, that's an issue that you could do research on now, you know, and, and support and, and fund yeah. and, and actually find solutions to this and um, policy issues or, or policy solutions to it, you know? So Great. that's my one plug, you know, okay. So to plug off that, one of my dear friends is a, in his retirement, is a movie producer, and uh, his production company, Heretical Reason, produced a movie called "I'm looking at it because I can't remember the name." Catch the Fair One, and it's about a half black, half Native American boxer whose sister is kidnapped and sold into sex slavery, and based on a true story, and it's her story trying to track down her sister and trying to deal with it. And it's painful, difficult, serious movie to watch. Um, but catch the fair one it brings up all those issues that we're talking about and again has places to reach out to for donations nice thanks man this is an excellent one thank you so much great and if you are if you're looking for just a really like a really easy entry point into watching some native american stories uh the movie smoke signals is like a great comedy you know it's a, a classic movie and it's like not you know it has it has these issues and it raises light to them but it does it in like a very humorous interesting way so i recommend that movie great great well thank you for coming on and uh and uh, you know we we will have you on again i'm sure um when we have another good topic for you um but it, this was great and it was nice yellowstone to have i'll do yellowstone i'm dying to yeah. talk about it yeah i'll i'll try to catch up and, and and watch it and we can do an episode on yellowstone sweet but it, it was also really nice to have a uh somebody a guest that had like really good audio quality we'll see like when i'm editing this i'm like oh this is the best episode ever so <laughs> like yeah, you position yeah unless your audio is unless your audio is better than mine and matthew's then we're gonna just lower it a little we're gonna like add a little tin or something to your <laughs> to your voice do some asmr thank you for watching about the big stuff yes you're the best this voice always reminds me of sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, guys. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.